You've selected a show from the Podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. Disability After Dark with Andrew Gerza. The podcast shining a bright light on disability, sexuality, and everything in between. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners, Andrew here. I want to tell you all about a really awesome deal that I got from my friends and new sponsors, Adam and Eve, the number one adult toy superstore. They reached out to me and they said, Andrew, we love Disability After Dark. We love your show. We love what you're doing. And we were wondering if you wanted to run some ads for us. And I was like, fuck yes, I do. But what are my awesome listeners going to get if I run ads for you? What are they going to get out of this? And they came back with a really fantastic deal that I want to share with you right now. I hope you're getting comfy, cozy, and crippled because this deal is pretty great. If you go to AdamEve.com, you can pick out almost any item in the store, almost any one item in the store, for 50% off. That means you can get one dildo, one lube, and one thing of lingerie, if you want, for 50% off. And then, once you get that one item for half price, they throw in even more free stuff. Let me tell you all about it. Okay, so you got your one item at half price in your bag, and you're ready to go, but guess what? This offer also includes 10 free items on top of that that other item. So you get one free item for penis havers, one free item for vulva havers, one free item for couples, and then you also get six free movies from the AdamEve.com website. You can get your favorite porn or an educational film. I love free movies. They're so awesome. This is such a great deal. And then, on top of that, you also get free shipping. What could be better? This is such a great offer. So, to redeem this great offer, what you're going to do is you're going to go to AdamEve.com. You're going to go to checkout and you're going to type in DarkPod. That's D-A-R-K-P-O-D at checkout. And you're going to get one item, almost anything in the store, at 50% off. And then you're going to get those 10 free gifts, absolutely free, as part of your offer. This is such a great deal. And this is just for you, Disability After Dark listeners. And I hope you run over to AdamEve.com and take advantage of it right now. Content warning. The language content and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to the show, friends. Thank you so much for clicking on this brand new episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sexuality. Oh, that's not what it is. Let's try that again on...
disability, sexuality, and everything in between. I am your number one queer cripple, your disabled dick smith, your access awareness specialist, your disability awareness consultant, all those things together. I'm your host, Andrew Gerza, and let's get comfy, cozy, and crippled and get this show started. Just want to do a little bit of housekeeping before we start the show. If you could, if you're listening right now and you're like, I love this show, this is one of my favorite podcasts, thank you so much, Andrew, for putting it out there. It means a lot to you. You listen. I want you to do two things for me. The first thing I want you to do is go over to wherever you're listening on, and if you're listening in, in Apple Music, if you could leave me a review for the podcast, just letting letting people know why the show is important, why you listen, what it means for you, that'd be great. That would really help the metrics of the show get up there. Um, I noticed a little bit of a drop in the numbers recently, so I wanted to just get the numbers back up there. And if you love the show, it would mean a lot for me if you left a review because there are so few shows that talk about this stuff and that bring disability into the forefront of these conversations. So I'd love your help in promoting the show with a review on, on Apple Music. Secondly, if you... What was the second thing I wanted you to do? I forget now. I think I wanted you to... Um, I don't remember what I wanted you to do. But yeah, if you could just leave a review on Apple Music, that would be fantastic. I really appreciate it. Oh yeah, now I remember. The second thing, if you want to go into your voice memo program on your phone, and if you could leave me a 20-second clip about why the show is important to you, I want to play it in upcoming episodes, and I just want to hear like 20 seconds about what the show means to you, so the people that are listening can be like, wow, this show is really important, we should we should listen to more of that, and we, I want to try to get the show just more recognition within the podcast community. Also, we were recognized as a nominee for the Canadian Podcast Awards for 2020, so that's cool, yay, cool, awesome. The show you're listening to is a, is an award-nominated podcast. It's the second time we've been nominated in the Canadian Podcast Awards, and that's cool. So thanks, Canadian podcast people. Thank you. Cool, cool. All right, let's, uh, let's do the shout-outs for the Patreon peeps right now. This week goes to Daniel J. McDonald. And the pun for you, Daniel J. McDonald, is Old McDonald had a farm, and thank you for farming your... Farming, putting your... (laughs) I was trying to make an Old McDonald joke, because that's the first thing I could think of. So, uh, thanks for being... For being not... Thanks, Daniel J. McDonald. I don't have a pun for you today because I couldn't think of a cool McDonald joke. Old McDonald had a farm and thank you for pledging your dollars. I don't know. It's, it's never good. But thank you for pledging $5 a month to keep this show going. Daniel J. McDonald, it means a lot. It means so much. And it also means that you are getting the show one day early. So if you're listening right now, you're listening on Wednesday if you're a Patreon supporter. You're listening on Wednesday via our Patreon feed. And I've decided to make the Patreon feed... Going forward, all of the episodes will be ad-free, so those those two or three minutes you hear in the regular feed will be cut out, and then it'll be completely ad-free, which is great for everybody because no one really wants to listen to ads when you want to get to the meat of the podcast. But I love our ad, and I love our sponsors, but if you're a Patreon supporter, I will take the ads out for you. So you can pledge 
well, as little as $1 a month to get the show one day early and a weird, awkward shout-out for me like I did just there. Or you can pledge $5 a month and you can build a show with me. Now, there are some of you who pledged $5 a month who have yet to email me so we can build the show together. Please do that at disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. And what this means when you build a show with me is you pick a topic and I will turn it into an episode for you. Anything related to disability will turn it into a show. If it's your experience and having you as a guest, that's what we'll do. If it's something you want me to research, that's what we'll do. If you want to do research with me together, that's what we'll do. So let's um, thank you to all of you who've pledged. If you want to support the show, patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark. But now, on to the show. This is the first episode that I'm recording in 2020. All the ones you've heard the last few weeks I recorded a couple months ago, and then I recorded them a couple weeks ago too, so this is the first one of the new year that I'm actually recording, and it feels nice to kind of get back into the swing of recording things and like be able to actually put out, like start doing new stuff, so I'm excited for today. So get comfy, cozy, and crippled, and let's get the episode started today. Also, we're on episode 175 of the show. Holy crap. I remember back in the days when I was like, this show is not going to go past 50. And we're almost already at 200 full episodes. With our bonus episodes, we're actually over 212 episodes right now, which is just great. But for this episode today, this one is called, Are the Most Adventurous Dating Ideas Also the Most Accessible? For this episode, I want to look at the most adventurous dating ideas out there and explore whether or not these dating ideas are in fact the most accessible to the, to the disabled dater. We'll look at how they're rather inaccessible and then look at ways to make them more accessible if that's possible. So when I looked at imagery of the quote, most adventurous date on Google, I typed that into the Google machine, I saw a bunch of cute, conventional, non-disabled couples, or at least not visibly disabled couples, going on roller coasters, skydiving, and then going to haunted houses and being scared and hugging each other, all that stuff. And all of this looked really exciting to for non-disabled couples, but, and you know, a lot of the stuff said like, oh, the, if you go to a haunted house or you go to skydiving or you go roller coastering with a date, it'll spice up your relationship. It'll make you, it'll, it'll, make your endorphins rise, it'll make you feel really excited, yeah, all that stuff, yeah, yeah. And so I noticed that a lot of the imagery didn't have any pictures of wheelchair users, didn't have any pictures of visibly disabled people going on these, quote, adventurous dates. And I was like, well, that sucks. I want to see pictures of disabled people having adventures, too. And so really, like I said, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to look and see at the mo- what, what, what some of the most uh, adventurous dates are out there and see how we can incorporate disability into that experience because we d- I didn't see anything with disabled people in mind. And I, I was like, well, that's th- there just needs to be more of that. So I was like, let's, let's do a straight-up insertion of disability into these, quote, adventurous dates. So And also, I, I, I saw a lot of things when I was doing some preliminary research for this, that the whole idea of going to a restaurant or staying in, which is a really, which is a really kind of like run-of-the-mill date for most of us, but also is really accessible for a lot of us too, 
a lot of the articles said like, oh, that's not fun, or staying in and, and going to a restaurant is really blasé and boring, and it's, the articles made it feel like this kind of dating was beneath you, and I was like, oh, like, what if going to a movie or going to dinner or staying in is really the most successful dating option? And I, I felt like some of the descriptions that I saw around how unfun it is kind of felt sort of ableisty, and I w- didn't I wasn't really sure how to place that because it felt like you're saying if you stayed in, you're not a cool dater, you're not somebody that somebody would want to date. If you just go for coffee or just go to a restaurant, you're not cool enough. And I was like, well, that feels super... It just felt it just felt like there was a little bit of ableism there, and I wanted to bring that up. I saw a lot of quotes that said, "Skip the old dinner in a movie trope," and I saw them a bunch of times, and I just kept giggling because I was like, the whole idea of just going out to dinner and going to a movie can be an accessibility nightmare for a lot of disabled people, and a lot of their dates can just be how do how the fuck do I get to a restaurant that can be an, an adventure all by itself so like just us trying to have a simple quote unquote date can be more of an adventure than half the dates we're going to talk about right now but but like so to say that skipping dinner in a movie makes you boring doesn't take into account accessibility I think and disability and the disability experience at all but I want to look at the standard exciting dates and see how we can infuse disability into them. So let's do that right now. Here we go. As I was looking through the dating blogosphere and how to have an adventurous date, the one I saw over and over and over again was going to an amusement park. I saw it on almost every adventure dating blog. I saw this when I was doing research. And they said that riding a roller coaster can uplift your endorphins and make you feel more connected to the person you're riding the roller coaster with. Now, as a disabled person who uses a wheelchair and is not ambulatory and unable to walk, for me, going on a roller coaster with my date seems like a lot more trouble than it's actually worth. My very first thought when I think about going to an amusement park or going on a roller coaster is, who's going to carry my body onto the roller coaster? How are you going to get me out of the wheelchair? How are you going to put me in the seat? Who's going to help you with that? Because I can't bend or move for you. So the whole idea of me being strapped into a roller coaster. And I used to go on roller coasters as a kid with my dad, and I was much smaller then, so he could just throw me in the seat and we would go. But now I have all these contractures. My body just doesn't go the same way. So the whole idea of, like, going on a roller coaster with a date, that's going to take, like, let's think about it. We're going to have to get in there. We're going to have to get in line. We're going to have to get stand in line forever. We're going to then have to, to alert them in the line that I'm a wheelchair user and can't, can't independently transfer to the chair. That's going to take some time. Then they're going to have to figure out how to get me from my wheelchair into the seat. Who then is going to watch my wheelchair so it doesn't get stolen? Because so many people nowadays who are big douche novels decide to steal wheelchairs when people are not in them. So we'd have to find a place to put my wheelchair safely. That's all going to take time. That's going to hold up all the lines of people. So just getting on the roller coaster is a whole accessibility nightmare. Um, and then, if you were able to get me into the roller coaster and on the roller coaster, remember that I have spastic cerebral palsy. So any kind of fast movements or jerking or jarring motions may cause me to have a spasm and to punch you in the face. And nobody wants to be punched in the face on a first date by their spastic 
cerebral palsy date who had a spasm on a roller coaster. Nobody wants that. That's not a sexy first date story. It's a funny first date story, but it certainly doesn't. It's not one. You, it's not one that you want to tell your your grandkids or like your the next generation of how you met. Oh yeah, I met Andrew because he punched me in the face. Like that's not a story you want to tell. That's not a fairy tale story for sure. Also, anybody who may experience a seizure disorder or a seizure disability or a disability that causes any kind of like seizure or or mental discomfort might not want to do roller coasters as a first date because what if you had a seizure and what if your date doesn't know how to help you and then what how that it's just doesn't feel very accessible and so you might want to reconsider the amusement park because lights and those kind of things can cause seizure disorders to flare up and and nobody wants that kind of drama on a first date unless you want to like go hang out with the EMTs at the at the emergency room after having a seizure and punching your date in the face and if that's if that's adventurous to you we can do that but I, I think you might want to reconsider the amusement park as a as an adventurous accessible first date option one of the things you could do at an, at an amusement park and what I used to do as a kid when I used to go to like the amusement park just north of Toronto is we I would go and watch a bunch of the, they would have shows every hour on the hour or something of like their their employees would do, put it on a dance show or something so I would go watch that so I mean you could you could do that with a, a date and that could be fun but you won't get the like rush of endorphins if you can't ride a roller coaster and I feel like a roller coaster for a lot of disabled people is not necessarily the most accessible you could also go around the park and, and play the game of like, oh, that's not accessible because of this. Oh, that doesn't work for me because of this. You could explore that together with a partner. That could be fun. And it could show them how how just the simple idea of going on a roller coaster and going to an amusement, an amusement park for you isn't actually accessible. It would show them that. So you could do that together. Um, but I wouldn't say that an amusement park is the most accessible adventurous date. No. The second most adventurous date that I saw everywhere in the blogs was to go sand duning. And I don't quite understand why this one was so popular. I guess a ton of these articles must have been written by people in California or who live by beaches. But I literally saw it four times when I was doing research for this. Almost all of the adventure dating blogs had this one. It's like a really cool thing to do with your partner. Really bonding. Really sexy. Yeah, do that. And I kept giggling at this one because all I could think was this. Look, if you really want an adventure that involves sand and a big machine, and if you don't want to spend the money on the vehicles themselves, on renting like a sand dune, you could... You could go to the nearest beach and we can put my wheelchair in the sand and the adventure can be that you'll just push my wheelchair out of the sand. That can be our whole adventurous date. You'll put my wheelchair in the sand, I'll drive around and get stuck. And the adventure is, can you get Andrew's wheelchair out of the sand? Because, I mean, that's that could be super exhilarating and fun. All of the articles talk about how sand duning is an exhilarating fun experience. What could be more exhilarating than the joy of discovering that your disabled lover is no longer stuck in the sand? So I'll go on the beach, I'll twirl my wheels around until I get stuck, and then we can spend the next 20 minutes or half an hour 
of you trying to push my chair out of the sand. And then we can cheer because we did it. That's exciting and exhilarating, right? That's fun. We could totally do that. But yeah, I don't think sand duning is the most accessible or adventurous option out there. There was also a similarly a similarly adventurous dating option of like mudsliding and I was like okay again not super accessible for anybody with a disability really truly not um and my thought was for me with my type of disability my thought was well why don't we just wait till spring wait till it rains plop my wheel my 300 pound wheelchair in the mud and my chair will get stuck in the mud and you'll pull it out that's again adventurous right let's do that together so yeah, I don't really think that these people who are like, go sand duning, go mudsliding, really thought about what a person with a disability can do there. Now, the third one that I saw was to play a sport together. And at first glance, the idea of me playing any sport together is absolutely hilarious because I have really shitty depth perception and really equally atrocious sense of direction. This is why going on a citywide scavenger hunt as a date is truly not the best idea for me. So future lovers of Andrew, if you want to take me on an adventurous date, don't book a scavenger hunt or an escape room or any of that kind of stuff because I'm really bad with senses of direction. Really can't do it. I'm really, really bad at it. So, But I like the idea of finding a sport that you can play with your disabled date, but I don't I was really kind of worried about which which sport to choose, and then I thought, well, we could do like basketball, we could do like tennis, we could do power wheelchair hockey. All of those are sports that you could play um, with your with your date. You would just have to adapt it a bit to include a wheelchair user. So I know that I know that you can play wheelchair basketball. I'm not super good at it, but I I can do it. There's a way that I can like hold the ball in my lap and that's like traveling or something I, I could do that I could also do uh wheelchair power wheelchair hockey i've played that before not very good i was really bad at it but i played that before you would tie a stick to my wheelchair and then i would just drive my chair which is good enough but again i'm horrible with directions i have no idea how to do that so i wasn't good at it at all but i played it before um we could do wheelchair tennis because that would actually be good for me with spasms. I would just have a spasm and hit the ball. So that could work. Um, and if you are if you want to be more kind of and do a, a really cool wheelchair sport, you could play boccia ball, which is like where you, where you hit the ball out of the way. And it's a much quieter game, but it's totally accessible and you could play that with a partner. They could help you get the balls ready. They could do all that stuff for you. You could play that for sure. Bowling could also be a really accessible sport you could play with a date because all you need is like a cardboard ramp and you can you can roll the ball down the ramp and then there you go, you bowled. I used to play it as a kid. It could be a really fun dating experience for your date to see how to make these, these staple date ideas more accessible and these sports more accessible. It could be really fun. If you're dating a sporty person or you're a sporty person, you could try this out together. But that's how you could make a sport accessible as a date, as an, as an adventurous date idea. This next one I saw, whew, I saw this a lot and I was like, 
no way, this can't be accessible. This is not an accessible date idea. It is go rock climbing. I was like, no way, you can, no way. That can't be accessible. You've heard, you've all heard me talk about my limited hand dexterity and how I don't think I'd be any good at holding onto a rock face because of it. I'd probably have a spasm and fall off the rock face and die. And I, like, I'm more worried about throwing coffee in your face. If we go rock climbing, I'm going to let go of the rock face and probably die. It certainly wouldn't test my stamina or endurance, but I did see a bunch of the pl- places in the UK, if you're listening from there, that offer adaptive rock climbing. So if you're really into it, it can be done. It is possible. But it's not something that I would classify as necessarily accessible right away. Um, I saw a place that that hoisted a manual wheelchair user up in the air and was like, look, you're holding on to the rock face now. And I was like, well... That's not really accessible. You're just putting his wheelchair in a sling and getting him to hold on to a rock, like a, uh, to a, uh, a rock face or the fake rock face. Um, I did also see a bunch of people just kind of get hoisted up in slings and then hold on to the, to the rock face. So it could be a fun way for you and a prospective partner to like play with the idea of a sling and see how comfortable they are using a sling to transport you and do it in a fun safe environment where you can play with that. That could be a really fun way of testing that out on a date. I did also see a bunch of pictures of these really jacked amputees with like no legs and no arms, like doing rock climbing, being like, yeah, look at me. I'm, I'm, yeah. And I was like, that's cool for you. But like that does not, that is not something that I would, that is not an adventurous date that I would take my date on as a disabled person, I would not be like, let's do that. No. But I guess if you're an adrenaline junkie and you want to try that, go ahead. But it's not for me, and I will not be meeting you in the desert to go rock climbing. No, no. No thank you very much. I'm not entirely sure why this next one was on the list of the most adventurous date ideas, but they said that you should make a pact with your date to, quote, stay up all night and see where the night takes you. And my first thought upon reading this was, disabled and chronically ill people report having a ton of sleep issues already due to chronic pain, medications, and other such things. And so they need their sleep. I know I certainly do. I have chronic pain and and disability stuff, so I like to sleep. So the idea of willingly staying up seems like not the most accessible option or the most adventurous, really given that it might land your disabled partner with a lot of issues for days after, because when you don't sleep and you have chronic pain, it really fucks up with your clock. So the whole idea of staying up just for fun as a disabled person feels kind of irresponsible, really. Um, And I'm not really sure why it was out there, but I saw it, so I thought I would talk about it. Um, That being said, I think if you're having a lot of pain already and you can sleep anyway, you should... Talk to a partner about, hey, I'm having pain tonight. Do you think we could stay up and, like, just chat so I can not think about how how much pain I'm in? Can we talk? Can we hang out? Can we, like, fuck around? Because I'm having a restless, high-pain night. Do you think we could just stay up a little bit and talk about it? That's That's different. But the idea of, like, willingly disrupting your sleep when you already have such issues as a disabled person, 
I don't think it's super adventurous or responsible, and I don't think you should necessarily do it. But if you're already in pain and you can sleep, for sure, talk to a partner about maybe coming over at, like, at like midnight or 11.30 and, and staying with you for a few hours and chatting if you can't sleep. But I don't think you should plan to disrupt your sleep as a disabled person because I just don't think it's a smart idea. Nor do I think it's super adventurous. But if you can sleep and you're having issues with that and you're, the partner's there, you can then talk to them about your pain, share with them how the pain feels, what it makes you feel like, all that kind of stuff. Share with them the experience of having chronic pain or having insomnia or, or having the inability to sleep or all that stuff. Talk to them about what your medications do to you. Share that with them during these moments because it, it will grow the bond with you with you and your prospective partner so they can see the reality of what it is to be with you. The next one that I saw was to go skydiving together. And this one just seemed really inaccessible for a myriad of reasons. My very first thought was, how do we get my power chair up at one of those planes? I watched a bunch of videos where a bunch of manual chair users would be put in the plane, but they had to be lifted into like a special seat and then their chair was like put in the plane afterwards. There's no way my 300 pound power chair can be put anywhere. So again, we run into the same problem that we did before. If I go into this plane to go skydiving, where's my chair gonna go? And what if my chair gets stolen as I go in to go skydiving? It just doesn't feel super safe. Um, and the whole idea of being strapped to someone who jumps out of a plane for fun feels terrifying. And for me, with my level of disability, I'd be worried that my spastic body might get really scared and cause problems for me or the instructor. Like, if I get scared, my body tenses, and I can't relax, and I just get really... I basically hyperventilate, and I can't breathe very well if I get really scared. So I would be worried about that up there, you know, as, as we're skydiving. Um, there and you know when disabled people get scared, their muscles clench really tight, like mine do, or some of us involuntarily flail about. None of which seems really conducive or safe to skydiving, really. I don't know, but if I were an instructor, I wouldn't want my person that I'm skydiving with to start flailing or to clench their body so tight that we sink like a rock. I don't know. It just doesn't feel very. It doesn't feel very safe or super accessible. Also, anyone with chronic pain might experience issues with their muscles doing this, and anyone with any kind of anxiety really probably shouldn't go skydiving. But I did see some places in California and in Toronto that tried to cater to disabled clientele by using language like, set yourself free from your chair. There was literally a place that was like, set yourself free, and skydiving can be accessible to everyone. And I was like, okay. There's a guy in Toronto who designed what they call a uh, person with limited mobility harness that lets you fly like everyone else. And I was like, first of all, no one else flies. This is really weird. I was less than impressed with this type of marketing because my chair makes me feel safe and secure. I don't need to be set free from my chair. It's super ableist in the language. And I was like, okay, look, why would you use this in this language? What if I don't want to be set free? What if, what if there was a way to... Now, the way that I would want to do skydiving, what if there was a way to um, have my power chair to, to hover 
that's what I want to do. I wanted to have that since I was a little boy, to have my chair hover over something. That's cool. If we can do that, I'll totally go skydiving. Or, like, go in one of those skydiving booth, booth things where my chair can hover. Yeah, totally I would do that. But the idea that to skydive means I get to be set free from my chair feels really ableist. The next one that I saw was archery. And do you remember in episode 160 where we did our like fall dating episode where we talked about why me helping a lover make a bonfire is probably a bad idea? Well, when I saw archery, I felt similarly. I felt really similar that this was all. Archery was a really bad idea in terms of a possible accessible adventures date. I just kept picturing me having a spasm and spearing my lover in the arm or the eye or something like that, and that doesn't feel super sexy. I mean, the adventurous part of this day could also be going to the ER and explaining to, to a doctor why my lover has a spear in his body. Um, if that's adventurous to you, we could also do that for sure, but I don't think that archery is necessarily the most accessible dating option. Um, but if you, uh, if you don't have spastic spastic issues with your body, or perhaps, especially if you do, you may be able to have a partner help you hold the bow and arrow during archery, so they could, like, stand behind you and, like, hold your body while you hold the bow, which could be really sexy and kind of hot, and I'd be down for a really sexy first date of closeness and archery, but me holding the bow and arrow by myself, that's just danger bay, and I don't think we should do that. Definitely not. Number eight was go trampolining. I really liked this one when I first saw it. When I was a kid, I used to go to adaptive gymnastics, and I used to be put on a trampoline all the time, and I used to be bounced up and down on the trampoline. I would lie kind of flat on the trampoline, and the instructor would bounce me up and down, which was super fun, and it would loosen all my muscles and make me relax, and I would start laughing, and just I would relax. And it was also just really a really fun time. I used to do it from the time I was 6 to 16. I'd go trampolining once a week, and I would just get bounced, and it was so fun. I had such a good time. Um, and whenever I would do it, all my spasms would stop, and I would stop worrying about how my disability looked to somebody, and I would just start laughing hysterically and really enjoying myself. And I think this might be a first fantastic date idea for somebody with who is disabled, who wants to go somewhere fun with their date, who might not be disabled, um, and have them bounce you on the trampoline. It can be really fun. They can get a chance to see you out of your mobility device doing something that makes you laugh, to see how their body looks out of the mobility device so your date can see you bouncing and how your body maybe reacts out of the wheelchair or the mobility device. Um, and as for you, the disabled dater, this is perhaps a great opportunity for you to let go of all the worry that we hold about, oh my god, how am I going to look during this moment with my date? How Am I, am I going to look too disabled here? This is a moment where you don't have to worry about that and you can just enjoy yourself on the trampoline and genuinely laugh and enjoy those moments by having someone bounce you. If, by some miracle, you're someone you know has a private trampoline, Maybe you could turn it into like a naked, sexy trampolining moment with somebody. I don't know. But that's where my brain just went. Like, what if you had a private trampoline and then your partner bounced over top of you? That could be hot. Maybe if you have a private trampoline, do that. Do not do that at a trampolining place. 
I would not recommend. But having a moment where you can just be on the trampoline and be with your disabled body and have it bounced around by somebody that you're getting to know could be really fun. I also think that two disabled people who are dating who have complex disabilities like cerebral palsy or stuff like that could bring personal care attendants on a trampolining date and have the personal care attendants bounce you both around on the trampoline and you could laugh together and be disabled together in a space like this. So it could be a really fun date if you're dating somebody who is who's not disabled, if you're dating if you if you are two indiv- individuals who are both disabled, you could experience this with the help of an attendant. Trampolining could just be fun and, and is relatively accessible once you get out of the chair. Or mobility device, rather. Number nine in terms of accessibility. I saw this on the list as was it was to go test your dream car. And they were like, yeah, go test your favorite car. Go do that. And I was like, well, I want to make this more disability centric so I thought about and I was also thinking about all of the disabled people out there who can't physically drive and I thought why don't we turn this one into go test your dream mobility device go test drive your dream mobility device and I would say you can call up your local disability supplier so the person that like brings you your chair and all the stuff call them up and just say you want to see some new product and you want to bring your significant other to the shop with you to sh- to share in that with you. Now they might say no that you can't bring your date to their shop, but then you could always turn it back on them and be like, well, actually, they're my caregiver. Can can they come in now? And they might let you do that. So you could say, oh, I want to bring my caregiver to look at new wheelchairs when actually your caregiver is your date. And then there you go. There's a date option. Um. And so you could you could then show your date kind of the excitement that we have when we start looking at new mobility devices and how fun they are and how fun it is and how cool it is to like look at what's available and look at what we could use and you've heard me say on the show that it's like disabled christmas to trial or play around with a new mobility device so sharing in that with a new partner could be really fun and could be really awesome for them to see kind of what you go through when you try to pick a new device Your partner on this kind of date can also see how each and every disability device is different for every person and how difficult it can be to choose one that is comfortable and actually works for you as the user. So it's not like it's not like you just go in and start in, into the shop and say, "Hey, I want this chair." There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that goes into to picking the right chair. And so to show your partner that could be really valuable in bonding your relationship and getting them to understand a little bit more about the disability experience for you. I also think if you're going, if you're using this as a dating experience with somebody you may have been seeing for a while, you might also be able to explore how looking at a new mobility device might impact your dating life together. So, how would a new wheelchair impact um, the way you two interact already? How would a new mobility device play on that? And you could do that together, and it would be a good way of bringing the relationship with disabilities into perspective, maybe. I think this kind of date where you take your date on on a, 
a disability errand you would run. We'll give a non-disabled lover a chance to look at things differently, and I think that's important and can be super fun, too. And then the next one that I saw was to go to a smash room and smash stuff together, and I thought this was the perfect date for a disabled dater. When I go on dates, I get so worried that I'm going to have a spasm and I'm going to fuck something up and I'm going to drive my chair into something and I'm going to, like, destroy glassware at a restaurant because I had a spasm or spill water everywhere or throw coffee in your face, all those things. But going to a smash room is really a super accessible option because then I can be as disabled as I am and not worry about fucking things up because... It's a smash room. I can smash things with my wheelchair, with my spasms, with my body, and I don't have to worry about how am I going to look here? Am I going to look like the most disabled person in the room? No, because everyone is smashing shit and it's okay. So I feel like that would be a super accessible thing that if you deal with a lot of spasms and a lot of like inability to control your muscles and that kind of stuff, a smash room could be a really fun date option for you and really adventurous for you and your date. And it would also introduce your date to what I'm thinking about. It It would also introduce your date to the idea of spasms and what your spasms look like and how... And it would, it would free you to be like, oh yeah, this is a spasm. Here's how strong they are. Look what I can do. And not worry about how it's going to look. So I think, it's, I think that's a really super accessible dating idea. So I only picked 10, but I saw one that I wanted to add to, uh, to be number 11, and it's, it gets an honorable mention. So I saw one of the adventurous things you could do with the date was to get lost together. And I mentioned earlier that I have really crappy sense of direction, and I'm really, really bad at it. So instead of getting lost together, I would love to go on a date with somebody where they taught me how to understand north, south, east, west, and all those directional things because I'm really bad at that and I would love to be taught properly and I would love to be taught how to read a map. So instead of getting lost together, maybe we could like get found together and you could teach me how to do all that and then the reward could be I could find my way back to the bedroom and we could fuck around. Like that would be a fun date for somebody with spatial awareness stuff. That could be a fun thing to do together. Um, And then perhaps a lot of my internalized ableism or any internalized ableism you have around getting lost because I have a ton of it. I don't like ever feeling like I'm lost because I feel like that makes me feel quote-unquote stupid. So I really feel a lot of shame about that. So if you taught me how to read a map and then I learned how to get back from one point to say our, our, our dating spot or my house to go have sex or your house to go have sex, then that might be a cool date thing we could do together. I don't know. It was just something I saw and I thought that that would be Instead of getting lost, let's get found together and let's teach your disabled date about directions. Because I'm a lot of us with CP and other kind of disabilities have really crappy spatial awareness. So that could be a fun, getting found together could be a fun date thing to do together instead of getting lost. Because I hate the idea of being lost, but I would, I would much rather get found with help, with the help of somebody, a sexy dater perhaps. But uh, that's it. So that's my my that's episode one seventy five. That was how to that was um are the most adventurous dates the most successful dates and you have them there now and I hope you like this one. Um, if you have ideas for an episode or you want to be a guest, 
shoot me an email at disabilityafterdark@gmail.com. Let me know what, how you want to be a guest, and I'll send you a guest form. I'd love to have you on the show, and I want to have more guests for 2020. So hit us up at disabilityafterdark@gmail.com. Thanks, friends. Thanks for listening. Bye. All right, Disability After Dark listeners, that's been another episode. Thank you so much for listening and shining a bright light on disability, sexuality, and everything in between with me, your host, Andrew Gerza. If you want to follow the podcast on the socials, you can go to DisAftDarkPod on Twitter, or you can follow my work on socials at AndrewGerza1. So my personal social media accounts to get a hold of me is AndrewGerza and the number one on Twitter. On Twitter, Facebook, and all, and all the places. Everything is all the same. Andrew Gerza 1 to follow my work. Um, if you want to go to my website, you can go to www.andrewgerza.com where you can see some cool videos I've been in, some articles that I've written, and you can also book me to come shine a bright light on disability, sexuality, and everything in between at your event through my website too. So do that. Um... Yeah, and thank you again for listening to the show and supporting the show. And if you, again, if you want to support the show, patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark. That'd be awesome. Do that if you can. Thanks for listening. And um, we'll be back next week with a whole new show. Thanks, friends. Bye. Copyright Notice. Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Cripple Content Creations with music by Chris Ujiuji. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music, are property of the owner and cannot be distributed or used without express permission. Copyright 2020.